Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardwar. I'm Deputy Editor Sherlyn Lowe. This week, there was a big shift in the media landscape, which, I don't know, does anybody actually care? But uh, Warner Brothers announced that HBO Max is turning into Max, which is going to be the new unified streaming platform for HBO stuff, plus stuff from Discovery. Um, This is something they talked about a year ago, and now it's finally going to be happening uh, later in May. So we'll discuss that and the name and, you know, everything around that, because I'm sure we all have feelings. We've also got some news from NVIDIA. The RTX 4070 was finally announced, and I reviewed that. And of course, we'll be talking about Elon Musk, uh, you know, as much as I don't want to. Somehow, he still pops up in every single episode. As always, folks, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to the Engadget podcast on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes. Drop us an email at podcastengadget.com. You can also join us on the live stream on our YouTube channel Thursday mornings around 1030 a.m. Eastern. Join us for the chat. We can have a Q&A. Sometimes we even show off gadgets. It's a lot of fun. So, Sherlyn, when you hear the word Max, what mm-hmm. comes to mind for you? A dog? A dog? <laughs> uh, Maybe like you're a, not the Like a dog named ask. Max. A d- Maybe. Okay. A dog? Uh, no, Max? no. I think in the world of tech, I actually go straight to the M1 Pro Max or the M2 Pro Max. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. I, I need to ask a normal human being. Anyway. Yeah. I'm not normal. When you say Max, do you think of HBO? Do you think of Home Box Office, the premium network of shows <sighs> like Game of Thrones no. and Sopranos? May- and Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, I, I guess if you said HBO Max, yes. But if they drop the name Max, I don't. That's not uh-huh. the first thing I go to. Well, they will be dropping the the name HBO. So yesterday there was a major media event. Actually, not that major. It was just like kind of a sad little live stream where uh, HBO executives, including the CEO David Zaslov, he's the new leader of HBO. Uh, he came over after Discovery. Um, he was the head of Discovery, and then they merged with Warner Brothers uh, altogether. So he he is the new like guy in charge. And he announced yesterday that Max is the name of the new streaming service that's going to be launching on May 23rd. HBO Max will transition to this thing. Some people will just get automatically updated into Max. Some people will have to go and re-download their apps. This is a new thing. HBO Max will soon be dead. And along with that come, you know, a whole bunch of new prices, too. Um, I think it's yeah. they're keeping the same basic pricing. Um, was it $16 a month for the ad standard free? account? Well, it's ad-free, ad free. but it's also yeah. only HD. So th- there are some changes happening. So that $16 account, uh, which we've all been paying for HBO Max, will now be limited just to HD if you want to go to, uh, if you want 4K 
if you want HDR and all the fun stuff, you're going to have to pay $20 a month now or $200 a year. And there's still an ad-supported plan that's $10 a month. Um, so why, why did they do this? It's kind of confusing. It's kind of weird. But through that media event, um, they basically made it sound like, man, we, we have to launch a new thing. Um, we have all this discovery content. You can't just shove it into HBO Max, I guess. Um, so they need to like reunify the platform in a different way. And Zaslav and a bunch of the executives also made this argument that if we put discovery reality programming, like, uh, was it 90 Day Fiance? I think that's part mm. of it. Isn't mm -hmm. it one of those shows you love, Sherwin? Yes, that is um, one of them. Yeah. Well, not one of those that, that I love, but yes. One of those types of shows. If you put that under the name HBO, does that dilute the HBO brand? Does that get confusing? Like, we're you're uh, the head of HBO, Sherlyn. Imagine okay. you were the leader of HBO. What would you do to introduce this new platform that has all sorts of new content that HBO has never seen before? But also, how do you grow subscribers? How do you, like, get new subscriptions? How do you compete against Disney Plus? Would you just change the name to Max? What would you do? I wouldn't I wouldn't have done what they did. I don't think I would have removed uh -huh. the HBO branding. I get that like you don't want to be associating yourself with the likes of 90 Day Fiance or Dr. Pimple Popper. Uh, as I'm seeing this article say, I mean, that's what made the, him like, famous. Shows being added. Right. I, I, I mean, you know, but HBO clearly stands for quality. I think a lot of people associate that with, you know, associate the brand with like good shows high quality like you know very risque uh pg rated or more or higher um, types of shows that are good but i think removing the name hbo altogether from the service is a little extreme uh i wouldn't have done that i think i would have I, I think it's a difficult choice i would have maybe introduced a new service because you still get new subscribers so, okay so then then do you come up with a new name do you come up with Bulu or something. You Bulu. come up with something, something else. Like, uh, how about HBO Min? How about HBO Mini? HBO, <laughs> HBO Max Mini. and HBO Mini. Um, yeah. So here's the thing in media, guys. Like, there, there is really no good option if you want to start a new thing, right? You, he could stay with HBO Max, but let us not forget that HBO Max was a very troubled service from the start. We complained oh about it on this very show. Like, it was a very rocky launch. Uh, they didn't explain. Like, they didn't give us a preview of the app and. Um, it was just like a really not great launch. And it came just a couple of months after Disney Plus launch. It was like perfect. Just like a perfect, here's a great app. Here's a ton of content you want. Like, I understand what Disney Plus is. Disney Plus reached 10 million subscribers in one day after it after its launch. So HBO Max, on the other hand, took a month. And I believe the numbers were um, AT&T, which owned Warner Brothers at the time, was saying like, oh, yeah, we have like 23 million subscribers, wholesale subscribers. What does that mean? That means the people who pay for HBO on their cable bill, who are eligible for HBO Max, sure, those people are eligible for HBO Max. The actual people actually using HBO Max was got close to uh, 4 million users after a month. So HBO, um, you know, Warner Brothers laid off a lot of HBO executives because of this. It was kind of widely seen as like a botched launch. I think HBO Max, we kind of got used to the crumminess of it and they did add more content. We did see like, you know, same day theatrical releases hitting HBO Max. Um, HBO still is producing good shows. The Last of Us was really popular. White Lotus is still hitting it. Um, what Succession? Everyone's still talking about Succession. So, mm -hmm. what makes HBO good is still is still HBO. But when you launch a new service, what do you what do you do? Like they could have kept HBO Max, bad name association. They could have come up with a new name, but then you have to rebuild a band from a brand from scratch, right? You could be like, here's Quibi, here's here's Hulu, here's 
all these bad media names that don't really make any sense. Here's Paramount Plus. Because all the kids are talking about what's on Paramount well, all the time. Do, yeah. Do do we think Warner is a strong enough brand for them to be like Warner Maybe. together? I don't know. I, I think, How about I think WTF? Warner WTF. Theater Family. WTF. Like something like that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. People are saying, uh, Franz Wagner in the chat saying WBD for WB, was it digital? Um, ah, hey, that, that could have been an option too. Uh, hey, don't forget Peacock also exists. So many, we have so many bad media streaming names. So here's my thinking is like, I saw this news and we were hearing about these rumors. And I was like, I hate this. Stupid to the max, you know, like yeah. this seems like uh, a really dumb and short-sighted way to to kill your HBO branding. And then I started like writing a piece about it. Like after the news hit, I was like, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what it's called. And in fact, Max may be the best worst option because at least we have HBO Max in our minds. So Warner Brothers reasoning from that we heard from Zaslav and several executives was like, yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to quite dilute the HBO brand because HBO mm-hmm. is known for more mature stuff. They also pointed out like kids pro- kids programming used to be a big deal for Warner uh, on Cartoon Network and a lot of other places. And shoving that into HBO Max apparently didn't really do much for them. And meanwhile, you've got Disney, like Disney as like the biggest, best, most wide, best, you know, most safely regarded brand probably on Earth. Right. Disney Plus, apparent knows they can subscribe to there and go find like kid-friendly programming. They know what's on Disney Plus. They don't they may not necessarily know what's on an HBO Max for their kids. So I my my reasoning is I didn't really talk to anybody about this, but mm-hmm. these people don't make any choices without talking to a lot of like consultants and focus groups and people like that. And I do feel like they made the judgment that, okay, well, we could still highlight HBO. People will know HBO is in the service, but does HBO need to be in the name? Maybe the name should be a little more open for all ages and families and people who aren't necessarily just into HBO content. Because uh, they basically talked about this thing. It's it's very simple, right? Uh, the pillars of Max as the app that they talked about. Uh, they want to increase monetization. They want to um, strengthen performance, enhance retention, increase engagement. All the things like a basic app performer would want to do. Which kind of just shows you like HBO Max was just bad at a lot of that. I think that's also it. Like, do you have thoughts at this point, Trillin? Because I so can just many. keep going. Yeah. I have so many thoughts. One, when we were talking about the botched launch of HBO's like app or streaming service at the start, there, HBO's gone through so many names. HBO's gone through HBO Go, HBO Now. Now it's HBO Max. They ha- HBO Go and Now were very confusing. Yeah. 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 And then they unified that, what, very recently too, like two years ago, one year ago. Like they unified Now and Max or something. Well, so HBO Go, HBO Go was the digital viewing, viewing on demand for people who had HBO subscriptions. HBO Now was the, hey, okay, you just want to subscribe to HBO digitally? Here's HBO Now. And then HBO Max came and added a whole lot more stuff. Like HBO Max added the Cartoon Network stuff and other stuff from WB. So it's it's like every time they add stuff, every time they bring in stuff, they're like, here's a new name because it's like, here's a new name. I would say I understand it's confusing. At the end of the day, everybody wants to see the last of us right everybody wants to see succession and <laughs> yeah. you're gonna you're gonna figure out where you go to see yeah. that thing yeah so i feel like that that's why it doesn't dilute hbo too much right i know i get that and i agree i i also want to say that like we've got some like good like we, we talked a little bit about some like good name ideas i have one more to throw in the ring wbu not what about you WBU. but like warner brothers universe or something but um and they could have 
if you're listening or watching, you have great like name ideas. Give us you your send names. them to us at podcast at engadget.com. Well, let me I um, open my piece, right? What do I think of when I think of Max? I think of Max Headroom, because that's the kind of guy I am. Mad Max, Max Payne. Uh, I've Mad had Max, a yes. lot of friends Payne, named yes. Max. And I've always really liked the name too, because it's like short and powerful. It means something. Homer Simpson at one point renamed himself Max Power. And there was a song attached to that. The only way I think of Max and HBO is Cinemax, which is actually a sister right. channel owned by HBO. Um, that's kind of some Cinemax stuff came over to HBO Max. So we kind of thought like that was the the kind of conversion there. So my yeah. ultimate takeaway now, after thinking about all this for way too long yesterday, was it it doesn't matter, guys. Like, yeah, we, we will get used to the name Max. We got used to Peacock. We got used to Hulu. We got used to paramount plus which used to be cbs all access um these all these companies do a bad job of naming things and you go if you actually want to see the thing right it's not disney plus the name that sells the service although that's kind of a big thing but it's also all the stuff they have on it so i think the idea here is you've got all the hbo stuff you have a lot of reality tv which is cheap to make and keeps people just like sitting there sitting in the app watching different things i feel like that's the main takeaway right this this will be a little more it'll have more hooks for people to stay within the max app right i think i mean you make a good point that ultimately name a name is just a name the service itself the quality of the service itself is what matters in the end like if when everyone's watching the next finale of game of thrones for example as long as the servers don't crash again or we can actually see the things on tv that we want to see then that's what matters i will want i do want to point out that when you mentioned cinemax uh it reminded me of this comment i saw in the chat which is stan c says so what happens to the cinemax brand uh i don't think was cinemax part of hbo HBO, well, like I said, uh, Cinemax is owned, was owned by HBO. Um, it's all owned by Warner Brothers. I don't think Cinemax has much of a brand. Like the, the branding of Cinemax is Skinemax and where everybody in the 90s went to watch like softcore porn late at night. Like, that, that's oh. what Cinemax is known for. Huh. Uh, okay. Which is funny I just remember to, it as to, yellow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the funny thing. That's the funny association here. I see a lot of uh, comments like Franz Wagner is pointing to say. a lot of things. Like Max is kind of a generic name. True. Hulu is a fun name. Now it is. When Hulu launched, everybody was making fun of it. Go look at TechCrunch. Go look at like a lot of other people who are like looking like, what is this stupid thing? It's got (laughs) Fox. It's got ABC. All these networks are coming to take on Netflix. It's so dumb. It's called Hulu. LOL. Um, Now we understand (laughs) it. Now we like it has been so ingrained, even though like Hulu isn't a huge success. Um, We kind of know what HBO is. Uh, FX, a couple other ones are good, except Mm. Franz Wagner, um, now there's FX on Hulu and there are multiple FX channels. Like they can even get that branding in right. And Hulu is also owned by Disney now. So it's all just uh, just all very confusing. So anyway, my takeaway is uh, guys, relax. You can make fun of the name. I think Max is a dumb name, but I do think HBO Max needed a reboot. That's my ultimate thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm there with you. I, uh, again, a lot of great like comments in the, uh, in the chat. I do want to point out that a lot. Okay. So this, when at the start of this episode, Devendra, you mentioned that people might not care. I do want to point out that like one of our uh, producers, Luke, we don't talk about Luke a lot because Luke's usually like, yeah, like, stays behind the scenes not a lot <laughs> wow, of wow. opinions really but 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 but, but when, here. sorry Luke. i know okay luke is like no here here's some context right? luke's like <laughs> one of the nicest people we know right like luke's uh-huh. very mild manner doesn't have a lot to say not like julio with the spicy takes right and then <laughs> when when luke went to look at the show notes this week and he was like supposed to do out the banners for the show and everything 
he like immediately was like, they're changing the name of HBO Max to Max? What a stupid idea. Yeah. And for a nice person like Luke to say this is a stupid idea, also Luke's kind of a normal. I, I agree. So like, I think we we all I think we all associate a lot with HBO. Like we we love The Sopranos. You know, people love The Wire. All the stuff you yeah. grew up watching on HBO, like you have an association with this brand. So it's understandable. Warner Brothers' argument is that, okay, HBO's still here. It's within this thing. And we're not going to touch, we're not going to like transform HBO into a kid-friendly platform, right? Because HBO currently also has all of Sesame Street in it. It's a weird thing to navigate, like launching HBO to then go to Sesame Street, you know? Um, and even if they have child profiles. So I, I think there is a lot of brand confusion. I think this is going to be like an immediate, like the the visceral sort of like, what are you doing to my HBO response? Um, but ultimately, it is probably a good thing for the service because HBO Max was a mess. It was an absolute mess. Um, it didn't have features such as personalized recommendations, like a, a kind of feel to just like, hey, maybe you'd like the show based on what you've already liked. Um, they didn't have a lot of things. Um, they didn't have the ability to tell you, hey, um, we can't charge your credit card right now. So your subscription is going to go Cancel. away. Right, they didn't right, right. have a way to alert people properly. And this just strikes me fundamentally as like how rushed the HBO Max launch was. Like they just didn't build in these things. So they're losing subscribers because people forget to pay. Maybe eventually they resubscribe, but not a great thing for the service. And it disrupts, you know, the way people actually use the service too. Um, I do yeah. want to point out, yeah. or I think we should at least talk about that. Alongside the news of HBO renaming that service to just Max, there was a lot of other like stuff that came out right in addition to the pricing they ordered a bunch of new new shows and stuff like that i heard the harry potter TV most series. of those shows were already announced so we knew true yeah. detective was coming we knew a bunch they just announced new shows so they announced like the harry potter thing is going to happen you know and a couple other things we knew penguin was coming so that's yeah something. was there anything interesting i like saw some of the stuff here and there on reddit and i was like oh cool there's some, yeah. i mean i was happy to see um a true detective trailer because i think that new season sounds really good the penguin i don't know I love Colin Farrell, so I will watch this thing. I also don't know why they're making a separate Penguin, you know, show type thing. And um, is that the one with yeah. Lady Gaga as Harley Quinn? No, no, that is Joker. That's Joker. Gotcha. That is Joker. Wrong villain. Um, the next Joker movie, which, ah. um, but yeah, I, I don't think any of the content really got me shrilling. Like it would mainly be like, hey, people are excited to see Discovery stuff on this uh, unified Max I app. Am. Yeah. Um, they did confirm like some movies will be coming to the service. Uh, like The Flash is going to come to Max uh, several months after its theatrical window. So that's cool. Um, not so cool is I'm going to be paying extra for 4K. Anybody who cares about 4K will be. That kind of makes sense because Netflix also charges you extra for 4 4K. So yeah annoying um to pay more but if they're if the content is worth it maybe that is kind of worth it um so yeah that, that's my thing do you do you have do you feel differently now Sherlyn? now that we have laid out like different scenarios here and different facts do you feel differently about max as a service no as in okay. i guess i'll just I'm, i mean i was i would turn the question back to you which is like what are you going to call mm -hmm. the service now the next time you want to watch like succession and if you tell somewhere someone where to watch, like when we do a, an Engadget Picks segment and you're like, there's this new show on Max, is that what you're going to say? Or are you going to say HBO Max? Yeah, I will say it's on HBO on Max, you know, or something like that. I think it is a it is a an initial jump you have to make to be like, OK, HBO is on Max. HBO is on Max. We've been talking about HBO, you know, Max. So they basically forever, made for, it for longer, years. right? They basically made it like a few more words for us to say. It's on HBO Probably. on Max. Yeah. It's on Discovery yeah. I don't, on Max. I, I think the the actual conversion um, and the learning, the like there is there's always some like user discomfort when changing things. Um, 
But the more I thought about it, because I did start with the, I started my editorial <laughs> being calling it stupid to the max. And then by like the time it. I got to the end, I was like, well, Max is stupid, but this is not stu- like this move launching a whole new service that's a little more modern and uh, maybe is a little more sustainable. That probably makes a lot of sense because HBO Max was a mess. And I think we, we a lot of us forget how big of a mess that was, you know? Yeah, it's better you know. now. All right. So we will be following the launch of Max in late May. Uh, was that date again? May 23rd. Um, and just to reiterate, um, they said most people or many apps will just automatically transition to Max. Some stores may tell you, hey, you got to go download the new app. So I'm assuming that may actually be Apple TV and iOS because Android is better about shoving a new you know, APK into mm. your app container versus iOS. Something will happen. You may have to pay more if you care about 4K. But I do think like this, this is an annoying thing. That will ultimately be worth it. Um, it's also true that I think David Zaslav is like is not a great leader or somebody to be in charge of Warner Brothers because we've talked about him before. He, because of him, like that's why so many shows got canceled. It's why that Batwoman movie basically um, was shelved, even though it was already done. He's somebody who comes from the Discovery and reality TV side of the Boy. side of the universe, and I don't think he fully understands or appreciates the premium content HBO puts out. So that may also be part of why he wants to de-emphasize HBO and the service name. But all these people just want their own project, right? They want their own thing to be like, I did that because I'm a genius. I'm a Mm. genius executive, Uh, just like Jeffrey Katzenberg did with Quibi, right? (laughs) Anyway, folks, we'll be following the news from Max uh, and, you know, we'll be checking out new shows. Stay tuned for more. Let's move on to some other news. And this week, NVIDIA introduced yet another GPU, the GeForce RTX 4070. It comes with 12 gigabytes of RAM. It starts at uh, $599, which makes it the cheapest 40 series GPU so far. Um, I reviewed it. I think it's uh, it's very good. It's very good for the price. It is entirely focused on 1440p gaming. So, you know, better than HD, not quite 4K. It can do some 4K gaming, but the real sweet spot here is... If you want to play in 1440p on a nice monitor with all of your ray tracing settings turned on and using NVIDIA's DLSS AI technology, you can kind of make it happen. Like I was seeing um, close to, I saw 120 FPS in Cyberpunk, I believe. I got to like look up my actual stats here. But I was seeing really high scores with ray tracing turned all the way on. And that's actually a pretty big sign because I used to have to like do either like medium ray tracing settings or something to get like decent frame rates. This card is good enough for 600 bucks um, to to kind of get you there. I think that's a pretty it's a pretty good deal. This is going to be the one a lot of gamers want. Um, I'm sure people are waiting for the RTX 4060, which should be even cheaper, maybe hopefully 400 or 450 or something like that. Um, but I would say if you're running like a 20 series card and you've been you've been waiting, you've been looking at all these new games and you want like better frame rates and maybe you upgraded your monitor. Uh, this one may be the better deal. This one may be the better buy just because you can occasionally do 4K. You can get really good 1440p. It feels like uncompromising, at least at this resolution. Uh, whereas I'm sure the 4060 is going to be good, but may not give you the the same amount of like retracing support you want. So anyway, that's my thing. I think it's a really good card. Check that out. Um, in other news... There's a, there's a whole bunch of stuff around Twitter and Elon Musk as always, always, but I want to point out, like last week we mentioned that Twitter labeled uh, NPR as state-affiliated media. 
This week, actually, as soon as that happened, I believe NPR stopped posting on all their main feeds. This week, NPR officially announced that they are quitting Twitter. So it's not posting any fresh content to its 52 official feeds. It was the first news organization to do that. Um, and let me just see here. There was a good statement. Um, let me see here. Also, to be clear, this is it. Like, just stopping publishing new things or posting new things altogether. It's not like deleting its own account on, yet. On Twitter. Yeah. They're, they're, they're um, not. It's, they're not deleting their accounts yeah. because maybe everybody's hoping, like, Maybe Twitter will be better. Or maybe it's just leaving it there like an archive, like a living archive of what's been there before and and that sort of thing. We don't know. But what was the Mm -hmm. statement? The NPR CEO, John Lansing, said the downside, whatever the downside, doesn't change the fact. I would never have our content go anywhere that would risk our credibility. And everybody's looking at Twitter now and Elon Musk's shenanigans as a liability. So there's that. There was also news uh, this morning, actually, that PBS announced that it's also leaving Twitter because uh, Twitter did the same thing. They labeled PBS as state-affiliated media when both PBS and NPR get very little money from the government. They get some, but not, but not much. Um, Elon Musk, who, by the way, uh, across his companies has taken in billions of dollars of federal funding, you know, act grants from the government, billions of dollars. Um, Elon Musk, you know, tweeted defund NPR and then started whining about people making – he was pointing out like – Oh, yeah, it's public radio. It's national public radio. Therefore, it's definitely government funded. Definitely, It's definitely like a government sponsored thing. Um, it is a really sad thing to see, like how, how dumb this is all going. But you know what? At least Elon Musk has thousands of GPUs for an upcoming Twitter AI project, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about GPUs before. That's going to make it all better? <laughs> sure. Twitter's going to be great. <laughs> Twitter's going to be great. He had a really, it, it feels like dude is having a meltdown right now. There was a, there's an interview at the BBC where he said he's sleeping on his couch, on his couch at Twitter and his dog is in charge. And there was a lot of whining about like people criticizing him. It's like, bro, bro, this was all you're doing. This was all your choice. He kind of did admit that he only ultimately bought Twitter because he was afraid he would be forced to in court. So that is a good admission, but maybe don't troll people about this. So Yeah. There's that. What's up, Sean? I was just thinking that, like, I think I was like, he could just not do all these stupid things he's been doing. But at the same time, I'm sure he could just thought, shut up. He could just shut he up. He could just shut up and let Twitter yeah. run like the way it has before with some small changes here and there and not be like as much of a he can't jackass. He can't do that. But it's he his, can't. Yeah. It's his now. So. It's his now. He has investors to answer to. He has ego, lots of ego on the line um, and has to make all these moves that he said he would slash you know, maintain the face, the facade that is Elon Musk that he's, you know. Yeah, every time he speaks or does something, like, it makes his his overall reputation get worse. So, you know, I would himself. say shut up, but he's doing, he's stop punching yourself, Elon Musk. Meanwhile, Substack announced a Twitter-esque feature called Notes, um, which lets Substack uh, writers create, like, little short, you know, little short updates because Substack is normally... It's normally like long newsletters. Um, so this gives people a shorter way to interact with their followers. Looks a lot like Twitter. Looks a lot mm. like Tumblr. Um, almost immediately, uh, Twitter, mm. um, no, you know, refused yep. to allow links to Substack, which, uh, you know, which 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 was just kind of funny because uh, Musk and crew were saying that Substack was like taking data from from Twitter. And I don't know. What, that's that it's like maybe true. using an They're API already, or like, something? Something. Something like that. And if... Yeah, it's because they want to shut down the APIs and do so much. Uh, poor Matt Taibbi basically got into a spat because of this, because he he was one of the people that uh, Elon Musk gave the Twitter files to, like some of the background data. And Matt Taibbi is mainly a Substack writer. 
and now he basically had to give up on uh basically he has to give up on twitter because his buddy you know just no longer allows him to post up sack links it's all very sad it's all very stupid he like um, talks Elon about he talks about how like basically. he's all about free speech and no censorship and isn't this exactly censorship come on there's i mean there there's a great article i think at the washington post this uh, today it was just like this is all garbage this is all bs like everything he said because he 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 will he's already proven that he's the one censoring and restricting speech and doing doing more things um everything he basically complained about um from the previous twitter administration so anyway it's always funny projection is a hell of a thing um in other news from other tech companies that are kind of falling apart, uh, I think last week we mentioned that we don't really talk about mm-hmm. Meta much anymore, except for like dumb things Zuckerberg is doing. Uh, there is a piece at the New York Times from Shira mm-hmm. Frankel and Mike Isaac um, saying that there is a morale crisis at Meta thanks to mass layoffs and absentee bosses. And just in general, it seems like, uh, you know, the direction of the company is very much in question for a lot of these people. You cover some meta stuff, Sherlyn, and certainly you're you're on social media. Like, how are how are you feeling about Meta as a company? I right feel now? bad for my friends who are employed there. I can say that I think the the friends mm-hmm. that I uh, one of my friends uh, is employed at the Singapore office of Meta, and then and I know people who work for a Meta PR and stuff like that. And all I can say is I think Meta PR has gone pretty quiet. I haven't heard from them in a bit. And mm-hmm. as for just my friends in general. I, I don't know. I can't tell what morale is like, but as long as they're still being like for the people who are not worried that their jobs are on the line, it seems they're still being treated pretty well. Meta did treat employees pretty well early on, but after this pivot, you know, rebranding and like focusing on the metaverse right now, it's just like, it feels a little like a chicken running around without its head. And it's kind of, Every, everyone is talking about the metaverse now, right? Like now that are AI they? is taking over the world and like we, we were talking about big topics. Um, it's just the metaverse. Everyone is so excited mm-hmm. for the metaverse. It's a good thing Facebook totally yeah yeah. No metaverse. one could have predicted this when uh, when a Meta uh-huh. rebranded to what three years ago, two years ago now. Uh, no, yeah, we we didn't sit there thinking that was a bad idea. We we you know we didn't think it was a uh, yeah <laughs> slash s. It was uh, even back then. Like I I I have done some metaverse stuff. I have done metaverse meetings and different things, and I like VR. I don't think it it was the thing that a company needs to kind of. It didn't need to go so so, ham. It did not need to go whole hog. It could have gone in 50%, 30% and tested the waters a bit and it would have been fine. It could have gone partial hog, but it went well done instead of medium rare. Like what is going on? I don't know. It's because one guy is in charge and nobody can tell Zuckerberg no. Mm -hmm. Like that's ultimately it. Like the board can't control him because he has majority shares, right? Like he has full control of the company in many ways. So he could do whatever he wants, and uh, this is the outcome of that. His workers pay the price. As as usual. Like, we've seen thousands. We, we've been talking about the layoffs, but it's like thousands, I think tens of thousands at this point, um, because Meta is tanking and not making as much money when it, as when it was just focused on social media, and its investments in VR and the metaverse haven't really paid off either. So it's a whole thing. How about a nice story? How about, how about do you like Lo-Fi Girl, Sherlyn? Do you like... No. Do you like the lo-fi girl <laughs> on YouTube? You know, beats to chill. I like the lo-fi pixel art. I like uh, no? that sort of shit. Do you know what yes. I'm talking about, though? Right? I'm talking about the YouTube channel with the little with the anime girl that plays sort chill of. beats. Kind all of day. in my periphery of like awareness. Yes. <laughs> sort of. Okay. Well, if you click the no. link on the story, um, you could go watch this YouTube channel that 
would you know kind of show her to you um lo-fi girl there was like a bit of a weird mystery going on because i believe um the cat which normally sits next to her and you know sleeping and curled up disappeared lo-fi girl went away to find her um what happened lo-fi world on lo-fi world.com a morse code uh thing started flashing in a window in the background and on april 11th they announced the synthwave boy stream that's a, that's a new thing, playing Synthwave, um, Beats to Chill in Game 2. I'm kind of digging it. It's a little, it's a little more, it's a little more digital, a little more synthy, obviously, um, than the Lo-Fi Girl stream. But um, I, I really like this whole thing because the whole Lo-Fi setup, right? They have several channels, they have different types of music, and it's all just like great, chill, ambient background music. Um, background sound, we it has just become a huge, huge thing um i would love to know more about like how they choose music and like how it all goes together because we were talking to podcast producer ben and he was mentioning like they're they're kind of signing people on as artists too that's interesting i don't have the full story there but i i'm just kind of intrigued by this and i'm glad like lo-fi girl and the lo-fi brand the lo-fi cinematic universe is uh is going strong we've got more that's stuff. heartwarming um, and the cat's yeah. back right the little dog sorry the dog is back the dog is found it's a little dog with synth guy. It's like a little foxy dog. It's cute. Let's start a new section, Trillin, because every week we are talking about oh, no, something no, or other no, no, around no, no, AI. No. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a new section now called AI Updates. Can we AI call updates. it? Maybe we'll have a musical How about we call this AI. section AI? Uh-huh. AI. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that. AI, AI, AI. AI, AI, AI. AI. <laughs> Uh, I see a story from the rest of world, um, dot org, which does a really good job of um, reporting on stories from all over all over the place, especially outside of like the Western countries we typically focus on. Um, but yeah, this story uh, says AI is already taking video game illustrators jobs in China. Um, there's a quote, AI is de- developing at a speed way beyond our imagination. Two people could potentially do the work that used to be done by 10 which I think this kind of goes to a lot of the uh, a lot of the things we've been talking about um, because AI, it's good. It can produce good looking art, but this is going to have some serious human impacts. Do you have thoughts on this? Uh, I mean, I just think China is crazy. So <laughs> that's it. Everything in China is crazy. China be crazy. The Sherlin comment. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, but if you go look at the work here, this is a story by Viola Zhu. Um, the AI work is good like the AI work looks good and I can understand why, you know, a publisher would just be like, well, I don't have to pay several humans to do this. I could just like type a few keys and this thing gets created, even though the AI may probably be taking inspiration from the existing work from these artists. doesn't matter. It's cheaper and you produce the thing. Um, this is exactly what I was worried about. I think it is, it could lead to a dumbing down of content and bad news for artists in general. Right. I think it starts in somewhere like China where um, it's, my impression of China anyway, I'm not sure if it's accurate or not, but my impression of China is for like, you know, efficiency above all and not above all, but like it's, 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 it's a chasing of like a, the fastest, cheapest way to do something. And so like, that's why it's more likely that this started in China or happened in China first, because it's, 
I mean, it hasn't started in China. Like, this is... Yeah, but I mean, like, it's more likely to become a problem where, like, people are replaced by slash not as considered over, like, the overall bottom line kind of issue. Not that not that it doesn't happen anywhere else, I mean, cause but it, I don't know, that's mm-hmm. just my impression. It was also a country where, like, I think actual human workers were exactly. treated like that. Like, basically, like, little exactly. AI drones, right? Like, that was the whole, like, yeah. middle-class rise for China. So. Like, if you think Japan has, like, horrible work hours, like, you know, the whole, like, idea of you have to get in before your boss and leave after your boss, that's a very, like, Asian workplaces thing. Um, and you definitely will be working on the weekends because my uh, I have family who worked in Korea. It was just it's like, all about face. Never, it's all about, like, if your up. boss doesn't, doesn't see you working, then you're not working, you know? And it's like, I... Been there. Don't want to be back. I'm good. Thanks. It's only slightly yeah. less bad here. Depending so, on the place. Yeah. We, there's always news, folks. There's always tech news happening. But anyway, we'll be keeping an eye on this. And if you see any AI updates, if you see any AI, 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 AI news, yeah. make go, I, 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 uh, send us a meal at podcastandgadget.com. We will take a look and we will chat about it. Let's move on to what we've been working on. I've been talking for a while, Sherlyn. So what, what are you working on these days? Uh, this week, our managing editor is out. I've been handling some of the edits. I'm also working on a quick video about that Tesla charging thing that we talked about a while ago. Turns out a lot of people like that. Like they were like reading that story. So we're like, here, we'll give you a video look at this device, which started to make a little bit of noise. Um, Let's see, Tesla opening charger. No, no, no. This is a wireless charger for your like devices. That's kind of like Apple's little air power mat thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're gonna do a bit of video on that, and then mostly behind the scenes stuff. We're getting ready for Google I/O. We're getting ready for. I, I got I got something on my sleeves. I can't talk about right now. I just heard about it yesterday. Uh huh. Um, it'll be very okay. interesting. I'm very excited to okay. see this uh come like happen and come to fruition. What about you, Devendra? You probably don't have as many secrets <laughs> as I do. I do. I mean, I don't have secrets. I don't know why you Good have so many you. secrets, Sherlyn. Your whole background I, is blurred. So I don't secretive. know what's going on back there. Eh. I don't know where Sherlyn is. She could be anywhere. Uh, I am watching Mrs. Davis, the new show um, by Damon Lindelof and Tara Hernandez. I think I think I may have mentioned this before. Um, but it's about a nun who 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 is on a quest to find the Holy Grail and is trying to defeat a an AI that has taken mm. over the world. It's kind of wild. It is. Um, I, I can't say much about it yet. It's a pretty wild show. Uh, I'll be reviewing it soon on Engadget. I'm also working on the review of the Razer Blade 16 that I mentioned a while back too. Uh, now that the, the GP review is done and this like WB thing is done, I can kind of focus on the Razer Blade. So I'm hoping to make a video for that. Um, yeah, should be fun. I know Sam Rutherford is working on the Razer Blade 18. We're gonna have like dueling reviews and thoughts on this, but uh, Too big man, boys. that 18 is so big. Two, yeah. two big boys, but the, the 18 is so expensive. I'm like, okay, I think the 16 is the one to recommend to most people. Let's move on to our pop culture picks. What you got, Sherlyn? So this week, I want to revisit something I already mentioned, which is Physical 100. I think I talked about it a while ago, a few episodes, a few weeks ago. Um, but this week or this past week, I think I just finished the entire series. And holy shit, I really wasn't expecting to cry so much. Like, why did I? Why, why was I crying throughout a show <laughs> about like a physical competition? This is, if you recall, a, a uh, reality TV series, Korean reality TV series, pitting a hundred of like the strongest, physically strongest people they that applied to be on this show or or that the producers found in Korea. Um, and it's not just all Korean people, even though it is a very homogenous society, they managed to find like one white, two actually two white people and uh, one <laughs> black person. Uh, okay. And then one Singaporean actress for some reason made it there. And 
everybody in Singapore was like, what? Who is uh-huh. this? We were like, she's Singaporean? Everybody in Singapore was like, this person exists? She's not an actor. Anyway. Um, but the... the <laughs> I was... <laughs> Wow. Yeah. I've never heard of her. She can't be Singaporean. Excuse me. We don't know her. No, I'm kidding. Um, The R Singapore subreddit was like, who the hell is this? (laughs) Okay. Back to the show. It was like, we were all, it's the first few episodes is very like, you know, making you question yourself and your own physical abilities. Like, oh, where would I fit in this group? Right. Starts, it starts to really pull you in as most reality TV shows do by creating like character backgrounds and stories. And they really created this team of underdogs that like I think everyone that watches the show starts rooting for. And there's like several very emotional moments where like the underdogs win or lose or whatever it is. Like you get invested. And like somehow just watching people work as a team and supporting each other and being so, you know, having a lot of sportsmanship. It's beautiful. Yeah, it was very moving. I like, I, I cried. I don't even understand, but I cried. Maybe I'm like emotionally very vulnerable right now, but like, yeah, it was great. Um, <laughs> so Physical 100. I've heard good things. I've heard yeah. good things about Physical 100. So can you describe like, it, all I've seen are like pictures yeah. of like shirtless dudes <laughs> yes. uh, pulling things and doing yes. like, wh- yes. what yes. is the show? What is happening? Yeah, okay. So Squid Game without people dying. And That's more fine. like like physical challenges. So like there are several rounds and I won't spoil a well, there's like five rounds, five like uh-huh. quests, right, that people had to go through to, and they're going to find the one winner that's the strongest or the like most the physical perfection or something like that. And it's not necessarily the person who has the biggest muscles or the person who's like, it's, they're looking at a combination of endurance, agility, uh, yes, strength, and then like speed, I guess. Uh, and there's women. Mm-hmm. What are, what are they going to do with this person once they find them? Like, no, are they, they crown some sort of they crown them initiative the or something? The, like, the champion. And there's a lot of controversy around the finale and how that person won, by the way. like They're like, production messed up. It's not fair okay. and stuff like that. So you'll see. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of hunks on this show for people looking for hunks. There's a lot of babes on this show for people looking <laughs> on babes. I'm like, yes, there's okay. something for everyone. Um, there's, there's a challenge where you're looking at okay. the picture now. There's a challenge where like a team of 10 people need to pull a 1.5 ton ship from one end of uh, like a big stage area to another. And it is so hard. And like just watching them, I'm sweating. So it's a lot. It's it's great. I <laughs> honestly watch it because even if you don't feel like doing anything physical at all, this show will make you like just marvel at what they're able to do. Um, I have a second thing to talk about. And I think this is one where Devendra might laugh at me. But this weekend I saw... I, I mean, know. I'm just always this ready weekend. To I saw and I actually yeah. really enjoyed Murder Mystery Two. Um, this is the Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Which is uh, that? Oh man! Look, okay. I watched it and I laughed okay. out loud several times. It was quite funny. It was maybe my type of humor, right? Like lowbrow, not the most sophisticated, but it was funny as Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, and they're like funny people. Yeah, the first they, movie was all right. This. It was like so. not a waste of time, you know? It's okay. I know it was, and this is better than the first, I think. <laughs> okay. So maybe if you just have, you you want a mind-numbing fun flick this weekend, mm-hmm. this might be mm-hmm. a murder mystery too. Okay, Check well, you out. know what? Thank you for, thank you for you that, Sherlyn. Um, my recommendations are always things that are trying to help you learn and grow, like trying trying to nourish you, okay? Um, so my thing is a good thing, and I've talked about this before, but now everybody can see it. It's called Rye Lane. It is the romantic comedy um, that I talked about during Sundance. Oh. It's about two young um, black Londonites who find each other in South London and just meet each other for the first time and basically have a day where they're walking and talking and getting to know each other. It's very before sunset. I, I love movies like this. And um, 
It stars somebody I really enjoy too. It stars David Johnson from Industry. I forget if you started watching Industry, Sherlyn, but that shows that shows great. It's fantastic. Talk about like human endeavors. Um, that show has some of the best acting going on right now. But David Johnson, Vivian Oprah, David Johnson um is is a guy crying in a bathroom stall. Vivian Oprah is is a girl who's like, Are you okay, buddy? And they basically end up having like this day-long chat and walk, and it's, it's very cute. It's very sweet, and they're both dealing with, like, their former relationships and their exes, too. It's also very funny, and it shines a light on, you know, aside of London, I don't think we really get to see too much in TV. I guess we're seeing more of it with shows like We Are Lady Parts, but this is, like, South London, Caribbean South London, and a predominantly, like, black community, and it's so beautiful and colorful as a movie, too. Like, it's just not, it is not the London you typically see in a movie, right? It's not just gray and rainy. It is, there's color, there's vibrancy, and I think it's a ton of fun. So, yeah, check out Rylane. It is on Hulu right now. Uh, it is a great date movie, but it's also just a great, like, a very cute romantic comedy. And if that titled romantic comedy makes you makes you sweat a little bit, uh, just give it a shot. I think it's a fun, sweet movie. I also want to point out Jury Duty, which is a new show that is airing on Freevee. Freevee is um, Prime Video's free channel. Another one of Another those. One of those. Freevee. Oh. God, bad names. Hey, you know what this used oh, to be yeah. called, Charlene? Oh, yeah. IMDb TV. Who cares? Who oh, cares about IMDb? One. Anyway, <laughs> all these companies, bad at naming things. But any, at least you know, free V. Free, free viewing. V. Free. I'm watching stuff for free. Um, this jury duty is a show about a man named Ronald Gladden who goes to serve as jury duty. And Ronald Gladden is a real person who has no idea that this trial and everybody around him is a TV show. So it's very much Truman show in that um, the show was created by some ex uh, people from the office, Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stupnitsky, uh, who've also worked on some movies and other shows recently, but it is basically the format of the office Except one person does not realize they're in the office, <laughs> which is really kind of funny. Okay. It's, it's a fun concept. I yeah. think you'd enjoy it, Sherlyn. They're all like character actors around him, including one actor who I will say here because I think that will get people to, uh, to watch it more, including James Marsden, a.k.a. Sonic the Hedgehog's huh. best buddy, a.k.a. Cyclops yeah. from, from X-Men. And, you Cutie know, with a duty. Yeah, super yeah. cute. Um, James Marsden playing himself. But also playing like a hyper, hyper, like hyper broy, crummy version of himself. So, um, this show is eight episodes long, and I I have not finished it yet. But uh, it is very funny to see this one regular person just trying to like interact with these people who are constructing this whole like scenario around him. He even tells James Marsden to his face, like, "Yeah, that Sonic movie wasn't very good, right?" You were in that? You were in that? Oh, that's cool. Um, I think it's really... F- it's, according yeah. to according to Julio, our, our live stream producer, this show keeps going viral on TikTok. It, it does. Uh, which is quite funny. There are good clips from it. Um, anyway, you can check it out for free. Where? Free Freebie. Free TV. Free TV. Free TV, free TV free for TV. me. Well, that's it for the episode, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. This podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Devendra online at... Oh, I'm at Devendra on Twitter. I'm at Devendra at Mastodon.social on the Elephant site, where I'll probably be spending more time, given everything that continues to happen at Twitter. Um, oh, also, I hosted uh, This Week in Tech this week, so check me out on Twitter. I was on with Anthony Hahn, Doc Rock, and, you know, a great, great panel. 
great panel of folks. Anthony Ha Excellent is a former panel. colleague of ours. We had a great chat, so check it out. We talked about AI and, again, and dumb things Elon Musk is doing. And as always, you can find my movie and TV podcast at thefilmcast.com. If you want to chill out with me anywhere online, really, I am, well, I'm still on Twitter at Sherlyn Lowe. I am on Instagram at Sherlynstagram, C-H-E-R-L-Y-N-N-Stagram. I am trying to start my own podcast. Yay! And, uh, Finally, Sherlyn on a I podcast. <laughs> I know, finally, on my own podcast. Uh, and it currently has an Instagram account. It is at Sherapypod. What, what, what is the concept that I'm guessing from the name? Are you, is your, are you giving people advice? I don't want to give the game okay. away. I okay. think I've got a little twist in there okay. that should be interesting. So y'all can go sign up, follow that account for the uh, pilot episode when it drops and more. Email us your thoughts about the Engadget podcast at podcast at Engadget.com. Leave us a review, please, on iTunes or wherever you're listening to these podcasts and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. It could have gone partial hog, but it went well done instead of medium rare. Like, what is going on?